Conquer Life's Mountains with Mitsubishi. Powering Ian Collins once a word. So I'm feeling tonight, Kev, that we might get one of those sort of close encounters. Yeah, that, that stuff. Ian Collins wants a word. I base that theory, everybody, partly on instinct and partly on the basis that I can see the running order. Either way, it's happy days and exciting stuff as we venture haphazardly into the murky world of episode 12. I say murky, the phrase I'm really looking for is f***ing staggering. You will learn stuff from this episode as we bring you some of this. There's something wrong with you! And hold tight and stock up on dehydrated food as we bring you some of this. UFOs, we're still at it, we're still debating it. You see, that man knows more about UFOs and alien visitation than anyone else on the planet. And by the way, as a nice antidote to all things saucer-shaped, we'll bring you some of this. Is it through your love, Margaret? That's going to be a beauty. And here he is, our executive producer, Mr Sideshow Kev, everybody. How are you, Kev, by the way? I had complaints from... Like loads of people say, you never ask Kev how he is, you just go straight into it like you don't care, or you're not bothered. Well, I'm not. That's the quest. That's the point. I'm not. I don't care. Well, in which case, I will tell you. Okay. Got some questions, Kev? Yes, uh, questions, feedback, comments, and things via social media from Paul in Bournemouth. Nice. Paul says, I'm thinking of doing a podcast. Any tips? Yeah. Number one, get a multinational sponsorship deal for at least a year. Hi to the guys at Mitsubishi, by the way. And secondly, have a good listen to what we do, and then do the very opposite. Way Kev. From Ralphie. Ian, any tips for getting bloodstains out of a wool cardigan? <laughs> I, I, I'm told that you have to throw a bucket of red wine over it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it will just suck the blood out. Can you wear it again after that? Uh, you can if it's a burgundy cardigan. Oh, that's all right. Uh, from Denzel, of all the presenters you've worked with, who was the best? And who was the worst? Best was Janet Gershlik, <laughs> without doubt. Worst, Scott Chisholm. What? What a fat, brash, antipodean little <laughs> toy he was. <laughs> nice tash, though. Oh, 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 dear. Uh, no, he was one of our chums. I mean, Scott was as good as it got, really. From uh, John. John says, Ian, love the podcast, but can you make John, it longer? John, you the Archbishop? John. John. Matthew. Mark. Look, John. What? Uh, John says, love the podcast, but can you make it longer? No. No. Uh, from Jude in Bristol, can we request guests for the podcast? <laughs> I'd like to nominate Shaken Stevens. Yeah, well, I'd like to nominate Mahatma Gandhi, but it ain't going to happen, love. All right. Lola. Is not, a, not a showgirl, she says. <laughs> okay. Just discovered once a word. I thought it was like an audio scrabble type thing. Disappointing. Do you think we were an app? <laughs> Something like it's that. It's a yeah. podcast. Once a word with friends. What is really funny, this should come under. Uh, no, I'll save it for in a second. A random acts of irrational annoyance rather than this bit. Move on, Kev. From Paula in Edinburgh, are you guys coming up and doing a live show at the festival? Uh, it's been talked about. We're not yet this year, but it has been. There's been discussions. Big things are happening. As they say. From Will. Will says, are you going to do any UFO stuff in the podcast, and where's my burrito? <laughs> well, I can't answer the last part, but it's funny, actually. I know you've not wanted me to touch this, uh, the UFO stuff, uh, Well, but I think, I think, 
we found, and we can talk to him in this episode, I think we found the country's number one nut, uh, UFO expert. I have my doubts about all of this. You know? I think I he, mean, will, he, he will sing like a canary. He will spew secrets. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you really sure about this? Uh, Andre, keep punching away at that number. Get Yes, him. Top of the list. Get him on. Don't punch too hard. I think we can get him. Uh, and finally, from Keith Lemon. Oh. When are you coming on my show, you big pair of fairies? We'd, well, when you fire Holly and Fern, we might consider it. That would be a good look for us, I think. Wouldn't be bad, would it? Uh, any questions you want to send to us, uh, very simply, at Ian Collins UK. No, it's not the 9-11 conspiracy, it's the, it's the alien one. The alien guy, Andre. Just leave it, mate. Don't worry about it. It so is. Just leave it. <laughs> Believe me, I think you will be surprised. Not Here it is, random acts of irrational annoyance, the minuscule, tiny, you might say, totally irrelevant things in life. Not deal breakers, nobody dies, nobody loses a limb, but nonetheless, they do rile you. They, they get on your nerves something rotten, and it's always those smaller things that tend to bother you and stay with you. And you sometimes consider you're alone in this, but you might not be. They are random acts of irrational annoyance. <laughs> Yet again, we're going to get a nice chunky list going. Here on Ian Collins once a word. It's under UFO, Andre. Sorry, Kev. Don't worry. What have you got? Okay, I've got two, actually. Yeah. And I don't understand this one. People who write on Facebook, Twitter, or emails or whatever else, instead of using dot, 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 they use comma, comma, comma. There's something wrong with you! Why do they do that? I don't know. And uh, some people who I think... Are, I think, obviously, they're just not very good with a keyboard yeah. or something like that. It just doesn't make any sense. But are they... Is there, a, a like, a little genre of rebellion in the comma department? I don't think so. Dots I think it, department. I think it's just people who are a bit thick. Just crap, yeah. Okay, next one. Instant gravy. Is that it? Yep. I've got one here. People who don't pick the phone up even when they've just rung you. Yes. So you ring them straight back, and they don't pick the phone mm -hmm. up, and you think, that's a bit odd, because you've literally rung me two seconds ago. And then you think, well, I'll try you in a bit, and you keep trying all day. Yeah. Nothing. You're talking about girls, aren't you? Yeah, most of the time. All these girls. This comes from Tim Hardwick. Women with those boots cards getting their points for a two-pound sandwich. Yeah. They do my nothing. They do stack up, though. Well, I used to c collect those things in the those nectar things. Oh, yeah. And I thought I was doing really, really well. And I put one in the machine at a supermarket, and it, the balance came up. I got, like, 25,000 points. Oh, wow. If that doesn't get me a trip to Miami, I don't know what does. Mm -hmm. It got me a pair of gloves. <laughs> it's just like you've got to get hundreds of thousands. Were they good gloves? No, they were marigolds. Oh. Not that I've got anything against those pingy beasts. They're beauties. But hardly... The Sorry, hang on. Pingy beasts? I mean, they should market them as that. Marigold pingy beasts. They're pink like beauties. Marigold, because your hands have better things to do. But you've got to get so many points on those things. You've got to get hundreds of thousands but to they, get anywhere near anything that you might think is a result. But they they add up to pounds now, don't they? You get a certain number and it's worth a certain number of pounds which you can you spend online. And get, well, you can like order DVDs and things from it. Can you do that? Yeah, and marigold pingy beasts. Pingy beasts? Oh, where is that? Shane says... Bees. Bees are fine. Wasps not happy with. Bees are only not fine when you. I went in the kitchen the other week and it was huge. And of course, you don't kill a bee. You sure it wasn't your cat? <laughs> you let let the. Uh, I don't own a cat. I would never own a cat. Cats are just weird and they all look like Jesse J. Her again. No, no. I had to open the window and let it go because you can't kill a bee. 
You can. You just hit it with a newspaper. Yeah, it's a bee. Honey. You know, stuff. Chip Butty says... No. He's no. Back. He's back. No. Uh, my random acts of rational advice are people going shirtless just because we had a bit of sun. Uh, we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a bit of sun. We did. And he's right. There was a lot of people. Whenever the sun comes out, you always spot two skinny blokes without their shirts on walking down the road. Yeah. Randomly walking yeah. down. You think, where are they going? Absolutely true. Where have they been? And one of them usually has a particularly bad tattoo on one shoulder. Always. You just wonder. What's your story? You're the same two blokes wherever you go in the UK. But he's absolutely spot on. You do see quite a lot of that. And you also see it in a place where it's completely unacceptable. That's in a supermarket. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there has to be some level of decorum if you're out in public places. You would think so. I don't want to see your nips. No. Steve D, the cabbie. Tits chatting on mobiles that do the walk of death right in front of a car because they're so engrossed in their conversation. Uh, That happens a lot. It does. Yes. I, frankly... Find it even more staggering when you see a woman pushing a pushchair, using a mobile phone, crossing a busy road. With a can of lager. Unbelievable. (laughs) Indeed. A court order under one arm. Uh, It says, uh, the don't walk man is flashing, and yet, well, just go anyway, even though I'm not looking, listening, or doing anything, but I'm on the phone, I'm texting, and little Dwayne is there in the pushchair completely and painfully unaware that he's being taken. Smoking a fag. (laughs) Usually got a good one on. Uh, Nick Ross says, News and travel... Now, you see, I, I saw this and I'm not sure he's right. News and travel presenters who report a road closure due to a gas leak. When will they learn? Gas doesn't leak. It escapes. It's a gas escape. That's, right, that's a very good point. It is. It's a very good point. However, the other day there was that thing on the, the oil rig and they were talking about the, the gas... You wouldn't say there's a, a potential gas escape on an oil rig. Would you? Maybe it's a different kind of gas. You know, like... But why can't it leak? It can leak. It, but it, well, it, well, no, because um, liquids leak and gas sort of pushes Escapes. out. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not Google. Gas sort of pushes out. <laughs> what sort of an answer do you want from me? I can't me? believe I've booked you to do my plumbing next week. <laughs> we will talk, actually. On next week's podcast, we'll talk about the time you recommended a plumber to me. I don't remember that. Well, we'll talk about it next week. Did I? Yes. <laughs> I don't remember that. You did. The guy that did your bathroom. You recommended him. He's a great bloke. No problem at all. Anyway, roll on. Roll on. Uh, this comes from Cliff in Runkle. My random act of rational annoyance is The One Show. What a pile of cack. Who watches that? Very popular, apparently. It is. Yeah. Dean B in South Yorkshire. These are my random acts of irrational annoyances. Anyone who says in it, cereals that say they are healthy but are in fact full of sugar. And that bloke who used to be in EastEnders and Heartbeat. Oh, that bloke. <laughs> Nick Berry. Nick Berry. What's Nick Berry doing? He was on TV all the time. Then he gave up Heartbeat, and I haven't seen him doing anything. He's not released a khaki album for ages. Do you know what he turned up in the other day? Court? EastEnders. Really? He came back for Pat's funeral. Oh. And once, didn't say anything. Uh, what I think happened with him is that he got paid so much money. Right. Remember, he did this big deal with ITV for millions. Oh, yeah. And I think he just sort of thought, well, you know, I've done two of the biggest shows on TV. Love them or hate them. They're massive. And I'll bow out. Live a nice life. Fair enough. Jerking around on the sea. Hey, eh? Metaphorically. Paul Nevis says, My random of rational annoyance is Manchester. <laughs> I, used to, I used to work there. No identity, no culture, no football team. Well, I might have to take issue. I was there just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And it was uh, at a cracking night and day. It was good fun. And I've been there before. But, look, to say it has no football team when it has two of the biggest football teams, even if you don't support either, mm. would be stretching it. No identity. I think it's got everything going on, isn't it? Lowry, Cobbles. 
Corrie. Yeah, Corrie. Yeah. No culture? Cold feet. I think you'll find Oasis might give you a run yeah, for your money on that. Why are you defending Manchester? I don't know. Round about to Rational Annoyance. Uh, we will have more of those, of course, on the next episode of Ian Collins' Once a Word. Uh, by the way, the way you do this, you can do it on Facebook, you can do it on Twitter, is the easiest way. It's at Ian Collins UK, and they are those little things in life that just bug you for no good reason. It is a bit irrational, but that's why they're on the list. We are, of course, endeavouring to bring you a top UFO insight from a top UFO guest. Can't get hold of him. I don't know if it's going to happen. We will try. I'm enjoying the pantomime, though. The Mitsubishi ASX comes with active stability and traction control, on-demand four-wheel drive, hill start assist, and Mitsubishi's legendary reliability. For more information, search for Mitsubishi Cars. Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox. Oh, I love this. Hang on, what am I talking about? I don't love this, because it's Sideshow Kev's random shoebox, dodge pottery, under-the-bed box of guff. Whatever it is. I do find it interesting. That you're on. A, <laughs> I'm glad when, you find it interesting. When we're on the podcast, oh, this is this, no, I don't like this, no, this yeah. is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And off the air, oh, it's brilliant, mate. Best feature on the podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely yeah, true. Right. You know that to be the case. Yeah, okay. This week on the Showbiz Shoebox, our weekly look at the box of Showbiz fluff we find under the bed, which Ian and I do not share, but thank you for your comments. Wow. We're going to do Celeb Fact or CAC. Hey. Andre, give me some Celeb Fact or CAC music, please. This is very easy. Yep. You'll be familiar with this. Okay. I will read three statements, yeah. one of which is a fact, the other two are box. <laughs> you just have to tell me which one is true. Okay, good one. Nice I like easy. it already. Yeah, sounds good. Number one, subpar super spy sham Pierce Brosnan worked in the circus. But was it A, as a fire eater, B, as the bearded lady, or C, as a bondo, the drunk Irish clown? I would have to go for A, that he works as a fire eater. I don't believe it's true anyway, but I think you're, either way, I think that's the one that's true in your list. Well, the thing is, I speak truth, and this noise means Ian Collins scores hey. one. Good work. Number two, static-faced uber-ginger Nicole Kidman. I know a personal favourite of yours from days gone by. Yep. Nicole Kidman is A, scared of Scientologists, B, scared of dwarves, or C, scared of butterflies. I think Nicole Kidman is probably scared of butterflies. Saying butterflies? Yeah, because I think the way you, you put that in the list... To, you wouldn't have just thought of butterflies. Not dwarves or Scientologists or dwarfy Scientologists. No, I don't think she's scared of either of those. I think butterflies was too innocuous for it not to be right. Well, the actual answer is C, butterflies. Get in there, my By son. which you mean the BBC sitcom with Wendy Craig and Jeffrey Palmer. Yeah. Not yeah. the winged creatures. No, no. Well, she didn't like Lyndhurst. He's, he's a very Marmite character. Yeah, right. yeah. Especially... Who was the other one? Because there were two sons, weren't there? One had curly hair. He popped up, the curly hair one, in Coronation Street for about six months quite recently. Really? And it wasn't until about month number six that I realised who it was. Apparently everybody else had realised who it was by that stage. Had he been working in the intervening 30 years? No, unemployed. Lazy bastard. Number three, ridiculous gonzo porn star in talent vacuum, Paris Hilton. Paris talent H vacuum as in talent hoover. She certainly sucks. Paris Hilton, A has no face. B, has size 11 clown feet. Or C, has an almost cavernous... Wag, wag, oops. <laughs> I'm going for B. The clown feet? Yes. It's the correct answer. Get in there. 
Baby Hilton stuff. I like that little dance you do when you get one right. Yeah. We should film it, but it's on YouTube. Right, it? Yeah. Uh, number four. Giant LA-based Scottish patriot and happy slapper Sean Connery. Hey. Uh, Sean Connery once worked A, as a Morris dancer, <laughs> B, as a coffin polisher, or C, in Argos, specifically on the Elizabeth Duke NAF jewellery counter. He was a model, wasn't he? He was an, an art model. He was, and a bodybuilder, I think. Yeah, he did all of that stuff. But I think he probably, given his upbringing, was also a coffin polisher. You think so? Yeah. Ian Collins scores another point. God, this is going so well. Here you little dance. Oh, look at that. There you go. Scary. And finally, number five. If you know anything about this feature, you know the way this is going. Toothy Northern TV arse goose Vernon Kay. <laughs> Has a qualification in A. Environmental Science B. Quantum Mechanics Or C. Being a <laughs> I can tell you, uh, because I happen to know that Vernon has no qualifications Oh, Vernon now, is it? Vernon, like he's your mate yeah, He's yeah. your pal, he's your showbiz pal Go out drinking together, maybe have a curry or some noodles I think it's C <laughs> Do you? <laughs> really? Yeah <laughs> Apparently he does have a qualification in environmental science. Is that right? Yeah. Where? From where? The University of Dick Wittery. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, anyone went to university with Vernon Kay? Oh, don't tell me he was taught at home by his mum. You know the answer. Email us now. Mike.Hanson at bbc.co.uk. <laughs> That's what you got to do. Uh, Kev is going to be back. In fact, we're all going to be back, but Kev will be back. With that, uh, we're going nowhere. We're only halfway through. We're certainly going nowhere. We will, I'm told. Have, we have a vague green light. Talk something loosely about UFOs. Apparently, Andre has got us the world's number one expert on all right. matters UFO. Now, he's shaking his head a little bit. Are you sure about this? Well, that's what he's punched up on the screen. No, but are you sure about this? I think he might have... Hit the bullseye on this. Okay. Yeah, stand by what we might say, revelations that have never been revealed before on this podcast. I'm taking my name off it. Voicemail Roulette. Please leave a message. And, of course, we like this bit. It's called Voicemail Roulette 07789183262. We take a handful of your calls that you've left on our voicemail. They could be rants, moans, whinges, questions, or just random statements, whatever you want to say. Kev is holding the device that will bring us said voicemails, and we start, well, where else but at the beginning, with number one, Kev. I'm touching it with my barge pole now! Hello, Mr. C. It's uh, Gareth and Swansea here, a uh, long-time fan. Do you think Wales should uh, become its own self-governing country? Um, all the focus is on Scotland, it looks like. Uh, what about us? Love the podcast, mate. Cheers. Bye. Yeah, thank you, Gareth. I think the short answer is, who cares? The longer <laughs> answer to that, though, is that it just seems ridiculous. I mean, the whole Scottish government thing seems ridiculous to me. That We now have... So you take the Northern Ireland Assembly, the Welsh Assembly, the Scottish Parliament, the UK Parliament, which doubles up as sort of the English Parliament, etc. So we are a country the size of a postage stamp with four parliaments. I mean, it's preposterous. Yeah. It makes no sense at all. It is nuts. All, really, to appease one or two daft patriots who are hell-bent on living in 1687 or something, who think that this is the way forward. It's not. It's ridiculous. And I've got my, my view is kind of romantic about it. Really. I like, I'm romantically attached to the union, not politically attached to it. It just seems crazy. And also, what's even dafter 
about the whole thing and how Alex Salmon's got away with this, I've got absolutely no idea, certainly in Scotland, is that he seems happy to cut ties with Westminster only to forge new ties with Brussels, even further away and more mm. irrelevant. But hey, so no, I don't want to see Wales go its own way uh, because I quite like the idea of maintaining the union. I think most people deep down secretly do. Uh, but I do wish you'd stop speaking Welsh. It's just a stupid... Guys. Gobbing all over the place just to ask for a pasty. Yeah. That was PVAT. Here's another. Hi, Ian. This is Melissa London. Um, love the show. Um, my rant is actually about chivalry and how, um, well, me and my friends actually think it's dead. Um, I've got two instances to display this. Um, one of them is um, I have a friend. She's about six months pregnant. And... Um, not only does she never get offered seats on the tube, but she was actually pushed onto the tube last week. Um, and she turned around and looked at the young, quite capable gentleman, and he just said, what? And um, the second incident proved my point is that uh, my other female, um, recently made single female friend, um, went on a date with a guy. Throughout the entire date, he, he was, you know... Lay, he was putting in the minimal amount of effort possible, and they paid the bill 50-50. The next day, she gets a message on her Facebook wall asking that she kindly reimburses him the £8.50 for the dessert. Now, I don't know about you, but this is quite unheard of, and I, I think at least in my parents' generation. And I just think she'll be dying, and what's more, if anyone's to help anyone, it's a woman to help another woman. As you'll quite often see women getting up off their seats on the tube. Stand up for that pregnant lady. Um, we might we may sound like bitter old women ranting and raving here, but I think chivalry is actually dying, and I feel quite special when a guy opens the door for me. Anyway, thanks. Love the show. Bye bye. Is that it? Blimey! All very interesting, love. Now why don't you pop the kettle on? There's a good girl. And here's another, Kev. Hey, Ian, Kev, how's it going? That's Mike. Yeah, remember me? Mad Mike Hansen, the guy who you know, sort of gave you your careers. Yeah, how are you doing? Like. Uh, it's been a while, and I know this little podcasting you got going is apparently doing quite well, and it's kind of a bit weird that I'm not on it. I'm not going to make a big fuss. You know, I haven't been able to listen. But, you know, I'm sure other people have probably been in touch and wondering why I'm not in it. But, you know, it's your business. But anyway, give me a shout. Because, uh, you know, it's, uh, we go way back, and you know, remember I gave you a start when you were in, uh, uh, what, Radio Kent? You know, when I rescued Ian and Kev, where were you? You were in, like, Hospital Radio. <laughs> In Scotland, and now what? Yeah, and now you're a big star. So yeah, yeah, give me a call, you kids. Well, that's a joke because that's him as Mad Mikey Hansen as himself. Hang on, are you saying that all these phone calls from world leaders and celebrities and so on, <laughs> none of them were real, and it was actually Mike Hansen himself? We've had Berlusconi, we've had the French dude, we've had Thatcher, we had the Canadian president. Me with a feather. I didn't realise that. <laughs> it's been Hanson all along. Oh, what a... That's a remarkable talent. Well, uh, now that I think we've got the message clear, we can, in fact, unanimously conclude yep. that he won't be coming. No. Uh, here's another. Hi, Ian. It's Jim in Greenock. Is it true you love Margaret Thatcher? I booked a street party already for when the day comes. Oh, for God's sake. That sounds like Dell, by the way. Really? It does sound a bit like Dell. It could be Dell. He's got the same policies as yeah. that. I just don't get the... You know, th Thatcher, lover, hater. She wasn't Robert Mugabe. She wasn't Stalin. She wasn't Chairman Mao. She was somebody you might have disagreed with. Fine. This whole dancing on her grave thing. I just think if she was wearing trousers and was called Jim at the time, 
was a bloke. I don't think we'd have that same kind of narrative flow that follows her around. Great act of sexism, really. Uh, although, you know, there are clear disgraces in her administration, but I can't really find an administration where there aren't clear disgraces in, to be honest. Mm. Like, if evading Iraq was probably a clearer disgrace than closing some mines. However, we digress. Thank you for that. Uh, we can do some more voicemails on Voicemail Roulette next week, 07891832262. Remember, it's a line that you just leave stuff on. You should see the stuff we get rid of, by the way. There is that. That, ta- is, that takes about half a day. That's why we have a team of many on this show. Voicemail Roulette, 07891832262. It is a rant line, a question line, a moan line, anything you like type line. We've also got this. Ian Collins wants a word. See sights never before dreamed by man. A planet doomed to destruction. While captive Earth people fight for their lives. It is indeed typical that you Earth people refuse to believe in the superiority of any world but your own. So here it is, Kev. I did promise you that we would do some UFO detail. Mm. And Andre has been busy bashing the phones and trying to get us the sort of numero uno, if you like, the archdeacon of all things UFO base. Somebody who's just seen stuff was no good to us. We wanted somebody who clearly knows stuff. Somebody who's right into the inner psychology of not just the UFOs, not just the alien beast that might be inside said UFO. I'm talking about the governments that know about them. I want somebody who could give us, if you like, some encyclopedic knowledge of all matters intergalactic green and grey. We've got him. It's Mr. Tony Topping is with us. Tony Topping. Tony, welcome to Ian Collins, Once a Word. And UFOs do exist. UFOs, we're still at it. We're still debating it. One of the reasons we wanted to talk to you, Tony, was that there's lots of areas of interest. We ask people what kind of guests they want, and this comes up quite a bit, and there's still a lot of scepticism about UFOs. I'll throw this one at you straight away, because me me and Kev have been talking about this in the studio. Why is there, and I know you're going to tell me differently, why is there not a crystal clear, full-blown, in-focus, 10 by 8 photograph of a flying object sitting there in a housing estate in Nottingham? Uh, there is in Canada here. If you uh, if you look at uh, Canada as an example, uh, there, there, there's there's quite a few uh, going on. For example, it, so it is going on. It's just a matter of where to look and where to direct your research. Uh, and not only that as well. There was a recent incident. Well, no, no, I'm sorry, that's wrong. It wasn't a recent incident. It was a few years ago actually, where a producer on the BBC uh, let slip. It was he was a science program. Let slip about the British government sending out D notices to the media not to uh, report, and that include broadcasting organisations as well, uh, not to report uh, the incidents of black triangles flying over housing estates and all that kind of thing. They wanted it kept quiet and they weren't allowed to uh, report it. And this was an accidental slip-up that the producer made. But we don't, so we don't know that's true, yeah, though, do we? It could yeah. have just he could have just been, you know, singing like a trying to impress true. his friends. True, but the D-notice was, was issued. And the thing about it is, is that the, the, the scepticism behind that triangle incident was that... Um, the the thing about that was was that the the Ministry of De- Defence indicated that it was a well as often said the Ministry of Defence know where they fly their kit which isn't over housing estates so if you look if you look for example at Stansted Airport there's a clip of uh, near Stansted there's a clip of an actual UFO near their airport and it's a belter it's an absolute belter and there's absolutely no doubt. 
transit the way, and playing also the, the devil's advocate and the cynic here myself, uh, there are many that are fake, and there are quite mm. a few CGI that are fake. And really, despite what I've said, let's be realistic about it and call a spade a spade. I haven't answered your question, have I, really? I've waffled on about a D-notice and a triangle. But, but yeah, I do agree. Why, why is there this elusiveness, this constant elusiveness? I mean, for example, if you're looking UFO books here, and there's all this talk about, I met aliens, they spoke to me, and they said this, they said that, and a lot of it is a load of claptrap. It's, it's nothing that somebody like you, who's an intelligent fella and uh, a producer, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, nothing, it's nothing in those books that you can get hold of. I mean, I was listening to a guy giving a lecture in an auditorium about UFOs, and he was saying, I was aboard a UFO, and the alien came and hugged me, and she really meant it. What in God's name does that mean to people? Yeah. You, you, you know what I'm saying? What what does it what does it mean to people? And this is the thing. What a why isn't there a full blown of the things that you like said? Yep. And b why isn't there in the content of books and literature written about interaction with aliens? Why isn't there any meaningful? scientific information coming from them. I mean, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll, I'll level with you here, Tony, uh, mm. and there's no other way of putting this, that Ke Kev and I are, are right up for an abduction. Oh, yeah. We, 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 we'd, we'd be, believe me, I mean, because it has happened, hasn't it, abductions, apparently? Yeah, yes, it, it, it has happened to quite a few people, and the thing is, with, with that, Ian, is that, that there is a human, there's a very serious, although, um, I mean, I've got to say, when your producer contacted me, they were talking about, the, you said that it was about the media and UFOs, the media Attention, people of Earth, this is Crankor Exploration Force speaking. Do not be alarmed. guy who was at Harvard, a psychiatrist called Johnny Mack, he was suspended from his job because he had the courage to say that these people were not suffering from psychiatric disorders. Uh. They had been subjected to some type of horrendous experience or some type of positive experience, as the case may be. Attention, <laughs> people of Earth. Tony, can I, sorry, can I just interrupt? Your, 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 phone, your mobile phone has cracked up. Are you, can you hear me now, Ian? Oh, that's right, I can hear you now, that's fine. Let's hear from a, a, a guy who claims... He had an abduction. You're familiar with this case, aren't you? I am. Sorry, yes. Uh, so this is a guy, uh, and this is a New Zealand guy. His name is Alec Newell, and this is how he describes what happened when he's abducted by aliens. Well, I was driving the car one minute, and the next I, the car was nowhere to be seen, and it didn't feel like I had a body, actually. That's mm. where the, the death uh, scenario comes into it, I felt. Totally as if I'd been put through a sieve, glowing or, or a ghost-like entity drifting around, not really touching the ground, and having no walls of any description around me in a huge space. And uh, all there was was sort of, in the far distance, was some ghost-like entities. And, uh, well, you can imagine. So there he is, Tony. Do you believe him? Oh, absolutely, I believe him. Uh, I really do, because it's, um, it's one of those things that's been played down in the UFO media as well. I am Ambassador Phantom from the planet Crankor. At this moment, I am rapidly approaching your planet. 
So it's quite a big story to yeah. believe, isn't it? Fella yeah, says he was driving yeah. along the road and then suddenly a load yeah. of ghosty-like things, you know, t- took yeah. him away. Yeah, that, that's it. No, I don't, I don't think he was making it up. And I, I've been in communication with Alec, who now lives a humble life uh, in a certain part of the world uh, with his own little business. And he doesn't want to, he doesn't really want to get involved with it anymore. Uh, and he's kept himself to himself and it has deeply affected him what has, uh, what has gone on. He can, he, he, he really, really has, uh, it's affected him deeply as it affects a lot of people. Well, what, why do me, you want, you know? why do you want to believe him, Tony? Well, it's not a... Because well, it is, after, after, you've believe. got no evidence that this happened. You've only got his word and you have a, clearly a desire and an interest to believe him. So, yeah, it's kind yeah, of a self-interest okay. thing, yeah, really. Okay. Well, you could say that to Ian, and, and playing devil, playing the cynic with myself, I'm, it's reasonable, and I've asked that question myself. But the thing is this, is that, as you well know, as I've been through you with your various shows uh, talking about this, I, I, was, I was under severe harassment. Uh, I, 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 I was harassed. Who was, who was harassing you? Because you've, well, well, you've said this before, is, and we had yeah, loads yeah. of emails from people saying, he's yeah. talking, co- he's making yeah. it up. No, no, no. He's no, just I, paranoid. I mean, yeah, well, exactly, exactly, and that's the easiest thing to say. But what I what I will say is that there are certain researchers out there, and certain levels. In, I had to stud, I've had to study espionage, and so not only am I a UFO specialist, I've had to study intelligence and espionage matters. I've got I've had to put under the hat on as well. Okay. Uh, in order to understand the apparatus that harassed me, to know yeah. thy enemy. Yeah. So what we can say. So is you're actually like a sort of a Jack Bauer kind of. Are you a? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I am. I, I, that's what the I'm aliens. becoming, and that's what I, that's what I have become. Wow. Because I needed to Shit, understand the national game, security. <laughs> 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 I needed to understand the the the, the, the no dynamic. I needed to understand what the national security issues were, the intelligent how the intelligence services worked. I needed to all understand that before you could make the sweeping statement. The intelligence service harassed me. If you're talking about the guy who works for MI5 chasing guys that blow themselves up on the tube. Certainly not. They do a sterling job. They protect the country's interests uh, and all that kind of. So thing. you're talking so about another group there. of it. So, so, so what happens? Talk- are you saying you, you you said something that upset the authorities, or you saw something and the authorities are no. aware that you've seen it? Yeah, the element took there. So what you've got is a chain of command that is shut out. So you've got one tier of security clearance and then another tier of security clearance. Right. For example, you take Peter Norton, Admiral Hill Norton. Secretary General of NATO, Chief of Defence Staff of the United Kingdom, who made inquiries about UFOs. Nobody was telling him anything, and he went absolutely nuts. Overloading every channel. What a powerful beam he must have. Look at that modulation. So why why are they hiding all of this then? And does That's David does David does David Cameron know about this? No. David, David Cameron, David Cameron, uh, to what I mean, I'm not, you know, uh, uh, if the, the, even the U.S. president, even the U.S. president, Bill Clinton, President Obama, they would not have the clearance. So, so, you, this, so Obama, Bush, Clinton, Blair, well, Brown, Cameron yeah. don't know, but you do know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, which is probably why I was Erastian, yeah. They uh, don't, uh, because... Because there's one thing in intelligence, and there's one thing in the world of intelligence. That right. People, they don't like people knowing more than than somebody else. They they don't like that scenario. Okay. So it's, it, I would say that it's not. 
I don't say this out of paranoia. I don't, I've, I've got nothing to gain by talking about this. And I don't actually say this out of paranoia. What happened to me actually happened, and it's driven me to get to the bottom of what has, what has been going on. I was followed in okay. homes. You, happened, so who, know, was, who was following you, and how were you being followed? Well, well for example, Ian, as you well know, that as you, you've, uh, I've talked to you a lot over the, over the years uh, on your show, uh, and as you well know, there's been a, a helicopter at the height of my harassment when I, had the, when I filmed the UFO. So in 1999, my phone started ringing uh, with all kinds of threats on it. Uh, in 1999, and I was filmed by a military helicopter. It was green in colour. It certainly wasn't surveying pipelines. And we had a linked helicopter pilot take a look at it. And he said that it was highly unusual because it had a sliding door variant and a winch. I understand that the sliding door variant of the helicopter is only issued to special forces. These were the kind but of... Can you be 100% crash. sure, though, the helicopter was dispatched to film you? No, I can't say. It wasn't just up there having a mooch around. We have to be up front on these things. It's no good. It's no saying saying a hundred percent yes. I am about seventy five percent sure, but I have to be open now. I'm at a stage of maturity with it all, where I have to be open to other possibilities. So, listen. If people want it, like anyone listening to this now, if anybody listening to this now wanted to see the nearest you could supply of proof, either in terms of photographic evidence, video, or more detail about your experience yeah. where could they look to find that stuff they can go to my youtube channel is it going to blow that. me away though or am i going to look at it and go oh, what a bloody waste of time that was topping time no, it no. was a beauty no, no the, the one that illuminates the television aerial that happened on the 17th of the 5th yeah. 1999 is the one that causes fascination among okay. a lot of people it went for analysis to a guy who, who was a video director on Jura- uh, jurassic park we put it under analysis. He concluded mm. it was a UFO. Uh, it's an amazing okay. piece of footage. Uh, and I want to up the ante in and film a, a few more belters for people. And do you, you know? think, will the authorities be listening in on this? Because, to be honest, we could do with all the downloads we can get. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure as a matter of routine, at, at some level, I would uh, be of defence interest, Ian, yes, as they say. You know, what ju- just a final question. In which year will it all become clear that there is other life forms out there and they might be coming to visit us on a regular basis and we in I, fact have a dialogue how far away is that I, I'm, I'm tapping in ian i'm tapping into the planet sargon i will arrive tomorrow night at precisely eight o'clock at that time i will make my wishes known to you you will obey them or die have a pleasant night's sleep they say 2012 is going to be the year when it's all going to happen when we're all going to understand but you know i i've, I've spent years at this game and I'm still just as close now as I ever have been. But you it's think it's going to happen? You think there's going to be visitation on a mass scale at some point? No, I don't, I don't think it will be on a mass scale. I think that real life, Ian, on a serious note, I think that real life and interaction with UFOs is very different from what we read about in the media, yep. very different from how media presenters like yourself uh, perceive it. Uh, the real goings-on behind the scenes are very, very different. It reads sometimes like a John Lee Carey novel, uh, it really does. Okay. Um, fascinating, it is. OK, well, thank you for that, Tony. I think the phrase, uh, we've had enough, springs to mind. Mm. Uh, but nonetheless, Kev, that was Tony Topping. So, come on, give us him a round of a... Tony Topping! Tony Topping. I'm still not convinced. What about the New Zealand fella who was abducted? Well, you know... Was he making that up? I'll, I, maybe he <laughs> thought he was, or maybe he just had a bad dream. Yeah. Put it this way, I think Andy Zaltzman next week will be better. From the Bugle... Indeed. Oh, that's very exciting. Credit stream.
there you go that's the end of episode 12 thank you to you for downloading if you like what you heard don't forget to go to iTunes give us a nice five star review on the review section if you're an Android user make sure you download the free Stitcher app thanks to all of our guests they can all be followed on Twitter as can we at Ian Collins UK our show's feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod that's at Incompitech.com the show's technical operator is Andre Porch the programme was edited by Manny Kendall the small amount of research that goes into this was supplied by Patty Boulay and the head of construction is Tommy Walsh and don't forget to spread the word about this podcast like a gossip on crack we'll be back next week with comedian and the Bugle's own Mr Andy Zaltzman goodbye a big things media production big things conquer life's mountains with the Mitsubishi ASX powering Ian Collins wants a word